Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. If you look at the book of Revelation, we are not talking about just some thought that some man on a faraway island that had, and I'm not going to get into this, but I want to show you tonight because it's so important if you have your notes this evening, I'm actually going to do a quick summary of this outline that I've presented to you through the book of Revelation. We'll begin on page one here in Revelation chapter one, verse one. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Now, you see here in the very first verse, it says that these are things in which is a revelation of Jesus Christ. So this book that we're reading is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, speaking of John, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Let me just say something to you. John penned this book, but Jesus is the actual author of this book, which is very significant, very unique, isn't it, when we start looking at this. Now, he says here, and I've got three things, A, B, and C, things that you have seen, things that are, and things that shall come to pass. Verse 2 says, Who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. Blessed is he that reads... And they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And then verse 4 is how it began, where he said, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia. Now I'm going to stop there just for a moment because I want to bring to light a few things. One is, in verse 3 at the end, he said that the time is at hand. Now this book was written quite some time ago. And it was written in approximately around 96 AD. John was exiled, the one who penned the book, on a very small island in the Aegean Sea called Patmos, which is off the coast of Ephesus and Turkey. And the Bible says in Revelation 1.9, it says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's so important that we understand that what is written in verse 3, where he talks about the time is at hand. I want to give you an understanding today, and I'm just going to kind of begin this precedence and begin a process of revealing a few things that we're going to get into tonight. Jesus talked about the last days. He talked about a time that will come right at the time of his what we would call the rapture of the church. A lot of times when we talk about Jesus coming back, that's not the rapture of the church. Though a lot of times we use the terminology speaking of the rapture of the church. The second coming of Christ is when Jesus actually comes to the earth again. The rapture of the church, Jesus is not coming back to the earth. Because the church, the Bible says and speaks of, there is a timeline in there also when it starts with the rapture of the church and then it goes through the tribulation period, which we talked about, is actually broken up into 3.5 years 
and there's first the three and a half years of peace, then there's three and a half years that Jesus called the Great Tribulation. But we understand it as 70 weeks, which is mentioned in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, and it talks about how that there's 70 weeks, which is an understanding of seven years, and it is the full seven years of the rule of the Antichrist. So we would call that the Tribulation, even though three and a half years is peace. But even before then, before the time that this setting up of the Antichrist in the beginning of the Tribulation... Right before that takes place, the Bible talks about, and we'll look at these things, we call there's three different ideologies concerning or beliefs concerning the rapture. There is a pre-trib, there's a mid-trib, and there's a post-trib understanding of when Jesus is going to return. I may get into all of the debunking, if I can use it like that, of some of the thoughts on that because it just doesn't match up scripturally. I hold the thought of the pre-tribulation because of so much of the Word of God and how it speaks concerning the rapture of the church and prior to the wrath or the judgment or the tribulation and the rise of the Antichrist during that time. And so I personally believe, because I can show through the scriptures, and we will look at this at some point, and that's not tonight. How many of you have heard the term rapture before? Good. How many of you have not heard the term rapture before? That's fine. Good. Well, let me just say this. I have taught in Bible college and Bible school in different countries. I've taught for many, many, many years in Bible colleges. I've taught this subject in different places. But let me just say it like this. One of the things I have found is that sometimes people will say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Where is that in the Bible? And they go look it up. It's not there. You're not going to find the word rapture in the Bible because it's actually a Latin term which we have used, we've taken that word. It's really a really good way of describing it. In Thessalonians, it tells us that there will be a catching away where the saints or the people of God are caught up. And the word caught up is what we use for the word rapture. We'll look at this, and I'll show it to you in the Scripture, and you can underline it and all that kind of stuff. So that way you have an understanding of it. But it's so important today that we have the knowledge and the truth of the Word of God. And let me just tell you why. Because this life is very short. We put so much in this life that we forget that we are eternal beings, but what we do in this life significantly has an effect of what happens in eternity for us. Sometimes we think, oh, we don't need to know anything. Just kind of go when Jesus shows, I'll just go with it. No worries, right? Well, that's not the truth. But let me just say this. There will be, and I I talked talked about this last week, and again, I will go into detail on this subject concerning the new heaven and new earth, that we will not live forever in heaven. That's something that a lot of Christians don't know. And we will live again on the earth. And the Bible says that God will set his throne on the earth and he will dwell with his people forever. So God is actually going to put his throne on the earth at some point. But there will be a new heaven and new earth. And the Bible talks about things that will happen to those that do certain things in this life now that will affect them in eternity. But a lot of times as Christians, we don't have this knowledge. But I think it's very important. Wouldn't you like to know how to lay treasures up in heaven? See, we hear those kind of terminologies. Even Jesus preached. He said, don't lay up treasures here on earth. Lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust doeth not corrupt. And he's talking about in the time to come. That wasn't just some kind of metaphoric understanding that Jesus kind of threw out there just to kind of get people to give. It was an understanding of what we do now has eternal effects. 
You know, every cult and religion on this planet lives for what they believe will happen next. Christians, a lot of times, are living for their life right now. Because we get so earthly minded and we don't have revelation or an understanding or knowledge concerning God and the times to come. And we need to have that. So therefore, I've set out to try to help teach people. If you want to be taught these things, I'll teach you how to lay up treasures in heaven and what the Bible says concerning those things and what kind of rewards you will have for eternity and the people in eternity will recognize what you've done in this life and how that that will be a connection to you forever. Isn't that powerful? Matthew 24 verse 3 says this. And now we're looking at the things you need to know about the end times. Are these the biblical end times? Are we living there? I think this is something we all need to judge for ourselves. Listen, don't just cast away your thoughts and say, well, when he shows up, he'll show up, and that's just how it is. Remember, Jesus taught about five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. Five foolish virgins, they wasn't paying no attention to the signs of the times. They were just continuing to go on through life. You know, even the Bible says Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot on the earth. People would be working and just living for the today, giving in marriage and all of those kind of things. And they'd just kind of be going about their business. Jesus even said, when the return of the Lord, when the rapture takes place, there'll be two in the field working side by side. One will be taken, another will be left. I think it's so important today that we have an understanding of the truth of the Word of God. Who will go? I'll teach that. Who will stay? Well, Christians, some Christians have to go through the tribulation. Where they miss the rapture. Is that in the Bible or not in the Bible? Look at that. Jesus in Matthew 24 verse 3 says, And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. This is Jesus. And his disciples came unto him privately and said to him, Tell us, when shall these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered him and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Verse 6 says, And you will hear of wars and rumor of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will arise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. I'm just going to stop there for a moment. I'm going to tell you something today, guys. We are seeing more and more of this kind of stuff. How many think that there's a lot of that kind of thing happening on the planet right now? We've got all kinds of things going on. But are these the biblical end times? I think this is something that we need to judge for ourselves. The Bible says, And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in different places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9 says, And then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and will kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. I think as Christians today, one of the things that we are up against right now in the body of Christ, listen, we see this being played out right now even in Australia. You say, well, what do you mean by that? I think we're living in a very good country. We live in a great country. We live in a very easy country to actually be a Christian in today. And I'm going to believe God with you, and I trust you'll get in agreement with me, that Australia will be a light to this world And listen, we're not just going to go with the globalization of the worldly mindset and just kind of turn this country over to Satan, so to speak, if I can say it like that, and just allow just anything to happen. Because let me just tell you, the bedrock of this, the foundation of this country is built upon the principles of the Word of God. I tell you, it's so important that we do not just agree with everything. 
Because let me just tell you something. There will be a day exactly what Jesus said when he says they will deliver you up. Some years ago, the Holy Spirit told me, and, I, and, I, and I'm just going to share this uh, with you just for a moment. Uh, simply is, is, will you be able to handle the persecution that would, that would come? Let me just ask you a question. Would you be able to handle the persecution that would come? Because let me just tell you, before the return of Jesus Christ, we're going to see a lot of things unfold. There will be a lot of things before actually the rapture of the church that we will see with our eyes, that we'll begin to know and understand. Well, listen, you're not going to be in the dark in what is the mark of the beast. You're going to have to make choices on that. And you're going to have to make choices for your family. The thought is, is guys, listen, this is not a game. You say, oh, well, the things are just kind of continue as they were exactly what Peter says, that the people will begin to say that in the last days. They'll say, oh, we've heard all that Jesus returning stuff. That's all that religious stuff, all that Christian kind of thing. And let me just say something to you. When that begins to happen, begin to rejoice. When you hear it on the scale that you're hearing it today, and let me just tell you, it's, the, the Bible says that this is the beginning of sorrows. But let me just tell you something else. It will escalate quickly. When these things begin to happen. But there needs, the Bible says, a resistance. The Bible tells in the book of Hebrews, it says that we have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, as Jesus did. But it also tells us to look unto him who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, despised the shame. Come on, he endured, and he despised the shame. We need to be people who have some endurance. Jesus said it like this. In these last days, prior to, his, prior to the rapture of the church, many will be offended. And you know who he's talking about? The church. Many will betray one another and will hate one another. That word hate is a very powerful word. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. That's one of the words I very seldom ever use, and I, don't, I train my children not to use it as well. Why? Because hate, the Bible says if you hate your brother, then God doesn't dwell in you. That's a thought. Now, the Bible tells us we should hate sin, but we should never hate one another. And there's a process of understanding here. First comes offense, then comes betrayal, and then comes hatred. So if you ever start seeing yourself on that path, think about where you're headed. If you start seeing yourself on the path of offense, I don't like that, and I'm all, yeah, get out, you know, get all bent out of shape out of stuff. Are you with me? Instead of learning to walk in love. Because love is the opposite of self-gratification. Self-gratification says, you love me the way I want you to love me so I feel good about myself. But love has nothing to do with self-gratification. It has everything to do with loving beyond yourself. Love isn't about me or you, self. It's about loving someone else the way and covering them. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So the moment you feel offended, won't you cast love? Are you with me? Because you'll see this a little bit later on in the study, the truth of the Word of God, of what Jesus taught, what the Bible says. Listen, don't just make up your theology the way you feel about it because then you're going to be in a place of deception. Well, I've been doing this for 40 years, and I think I know everything. I've lived everything. I've done everything. Well, you're already in a place that you're going, you could get very messed up. The moment you think you know it all, are you with me? I've learned a long time ago, I've got a, a lot of stuff I write in pencil just in case I need to kind of erase it, kind of, oh, wait a minute, I need to fix that a little bit. Because the light of the Word of God continually grows. 
And we need to be able to grow with it and stay with the word. Don't let offense come. Cover things in love. Because once you start to do that, the fact of betrayal begins to take place. And then hatred follows. Verse 11, Jesus said, Many false prophets will arise and shall deceive many. This is why it's so important today, guys, that we just don't get caught up with whatever's out there. And let me just tell you, a false prophet doesn't necessarily stand in the church. He can stand on the street with a sign. Be on Facebook, on social media, on the Internet, on the World Wide Web, sitting across from you at the table, so to speak, at the restaurant where you're eating at the cafe, having a cup of coffee, sitting around at your dinner table at the house. Next thing you know, you got this voice speaking into your life, telling you what you should follow and what you shouldn't follow, telling you the way of the world and the way it is in the world and the way you need to think like that. And let me just tell you something. You need to have a foundation that is so strong in you that when the time comes, you're not just carried about by every wind of belief out there in this world, but you have a steadfastness and a surety in faith according to the Word of God. And if it lines up with the Word of God, embrace it. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, reject it. And be bold enough to do so. Because Jesus said to do these things. He says, Verse 12, and because iniquity will abound, that means sin will abound, the love of many will wax cold. You know, that's very unique because today in the body of Christ and as well as just in our culture, our society, because sin says this is the way we ought to live, the Bible says that the many, our love of many will wax cold. That means we'll begin to go from hot in the Lord to a place of lukewarmness to even probably a place of coldness if we're not careful. Because when you are hot for Jesus and ready to witness to everybody and win this world for Jesus Christ, all of a sudden we get a little bit of of what we call the spirit of tolerance that's in this world today, which is religion of Antichrist. Are you with me? You say, man, I can't believe you're saying all this stuff. Well, it's just right there in the Bible. And if we don't see through it, listen, we'll embrace a lot of things that are ungodly and that could actually get you to a place that you're lukewarm in God and next thing you know you're falling out over here and you're just real cold. Let me just tell you something about tolerance. Tolerance is something that the world created. The body of Christ was already living in tolerance. We didn't need that. Not, not if you're walking by the word. Are you, not if you're walking by the word. Because first of all, there's no racism in Jesus' name in the body of Christ. There's no bigotry in the body of Christ. In the name of, now, if we're going to walk on the level of the word, if we're going to love like Jesus loves, we don't see color. Are you with me? We don't see that kind of stuff. Listen, even though the world's in sin, we love them. Now, we don't accept sin. That's a different story. Even God doesn't accept sin. But what we do accept is the person. Because just because they're deceived doesn't mean we throw the baby out with the bathwater. We preach the gospel and we live and love them and trust that they turn their heart and we continually love them. And pray for them because one day you'll be that answer and they're going to come to you because you've been praying for them. You've been standing when they're about ready to blow up and all this kind of stuff. Because let me just tell you, sin doesn't play fair. It's very destructive to the psychology, the emotions, and everything else of a person's life, even though they try to cover it up and try to take on a particular kind of character to say, I'm okay and I'm going to prove it to you by rebelling as far as I can. The further I rebel, I'm sure that the better confidence in my self-image I'm going to have. But then they find out that's not it. And they're entrapped and ensnared by the devil. 
Next thing you know, anyhow, I could go on and on and on this. But we're going to love them and preach the good news of Jesus Christ because he is the only way to salvation. You have the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in you to deliver people. We need to walk in the level of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God because Jesus, the Bible says, the very Christ, the living God, lives on the inside of you to set the captive free. And we have to be bold enough to be able to say, you know what? I live for Jesus. And man, if you don't know him, have you? They're, they're, they're immediately, a lot of times, you'll, you'll think sometimes, well, the wall's going to go up and they're just going to mock me. Listen, if they mock you, you just smile at them and say, wow, well, I just don't think you know much about it then. And you'll be amazed at the return of it. What do you mean? Well, tell me what you think about Jesus. You tell me who Jesus is. Do you know him? I know him. You don't know him. And you're going to tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about? Okay. Are you with me? There is a way to communicate. The Bible says the righteous was bold as a lion, it's the wicked who flee. I learned a long time ago to just be upright, be straight, be who you are. And when you have a genuine relationship with Jesus, man, listen, something else comes out of you. And they're like, uh, okay, I didn't know that. Are you with me? They said, hmm, I think I want to talk to you a little bit later, okay? All right, sure, no problem. That's what happens a lot of times. And if not, they'll come around. You just keep loving them. Don't let sin get you cold to the point that you won't live hot for Jesus, so to speak, in this world. That you won't be fired up. Because listen to me. Live at the fire on the inside of you because that's the best way to live anyhow. Keep your lamp burning, the Bible says. Come on. Be a wise person. The Bible says this. It says in verse 13, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. You see that endurance part there? He goes on to say, but the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. And when you therefore, now he gave, Jesus gave a sign to the disciples. He said, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Joel, stand in the holy place. Who who reads, let him understand. 2 Timothy 3.1 says this, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, brown, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. Man, this is a huge list. I could keep going on and on. But I want to show you something here just for a moment of what Jesus was saying about this because I want to ask you a question tonight whether or not you have noticed something that is happening in the earth today because Jesus talked about particular things that would begin to happen in the world. He said wars, rumors of wars, things that take place, all these kind of things. But then there's something else that, that begins to happen in the, that we see in the book of Revelation as well as throughout other places of the Bible. And I want to show you this because the Bible tells us that the time is at hand, as I read in verse 3 while ago. And it also tells us in 2 Timothy 4, it says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. And I tell you, we need to have good teaching in the body of Christ today. Because a lot of times we go to church and it's got this, you know, one little bit of scripture in there. Next thing you know, it's got this 45 minutes or 30 minutes or 20, 20, 15 minutes maybe of little woo-woo. Come on out. Are you with me? But there's no wholesome sound teaching in the church. And we need that. He said, but a lot of times people won't be able to bear it. They will no longer listen. They won't be able to bear it. They won't, you know, 
my goodness, i got to get going. What time? You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, it says that in these last days people will be fooled because they want to be. And that's a powerful statement. Revelations chapter 12 begins to talk about various things that will take place at the timing of the return of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to talk to you about this tonight just for a moment because some of you, maybe you understand these things, maybe you've heard about these things. And like in 2014, anybody ever hear what was called the blood, the blood moons, the red moons, the blood moons? Well, there was blood moons in 2014, blood moons 2015. And the significance of that was leading up to some things that are taking place that's supposed to happen even on September 23rd this year which is kind of unique. We know we just had a huge solar eclipse over America, went directly over Washington, D.C., over the White House, which is kind of unique, which a lot of uh, prophetic people are looking at those signs and looking at those things. You say, well, does those, those things mean anything? Should we look at those things? What does the Bible say about those kind of things? Well, let me just say this. First of all, I'm not talking about astrology. Astrology is a practice that we should never, as Christians, get involved with. Can I say that any straighter or more plainer? I'm trying to get a point across here that what I'm referring to is biblical teaching upon what kind of signs will take place at the time of the coming of the Lord. And the Bible tells us this. In Revelations chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, it says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Where did this wonder happen? In heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten hordes, seven crowns upon his head, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? Now, I'm going to kind of give you an understanding. First of all, this scripture is not referring to the church or the bride of Christ. There are some teachings out there that teach us that this would be referring to the church. But today we're hearing a lot about signs. We're seeing a lot of things happening on earth, as Jesus said, uh, and as revealed. He talked about there would be earthquakes, there would be in diverse places, all of these different kinds of things. What is significant about what's happening in the earth today? Well, the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 8, it says that the earth will begin to groan like a woman who is giving birth that is in the pains of birth and travail in the day right before the coming of the Lord. In this time, Jesus began to reveal that as well, that there will be a lot of things happening in the earth in this time. And now we're seeing some things as well in the heavens, stars and and different things that's going on. And let me just kind of bring to an understanding about these signs that are being revealed. Does God use the heavens to reveal what he's doing? You know, the Bible tells us that all of the earth, everyone in the earth, and forever, as long as man has been and as long as man will be, in the earth, that you can look at the earth and you can look at the heavens and understand that there is a God. So that no man has an excuse to say, "Mm, I don't believe. 
I never heard nobody preach to me. Well, let me just tell you something. The stars speak of God. The earth is speaking. All of creation speaks that there is a God so that no man has an excuse. No one will be able to stand before Jesus and say, I didn't know. I didn't see. I didn't understand. You just didn't look. You saw it. You heard it. But you refused to accept it. And that's one of the understandings that we're going to see because the Bible says, even in Revelation 12, that there's going to be a lot of heavenly activity that's going to speak of God in the end times before His coming. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.